When it comes to posting on social media or creating marketing content, as soon as you start thinking about it, do you get overwhelmed or stressed out about it? And you think you have to post 17 times a day or you have to produce this perfect video or this perfect piece of content. Well, the good news is that isn't the case. And my guest today, Hannah Acosta, who's the leader of the social media department at a company called Ugly Mug Marketing, shares with us some great tips and insights and taking that pressure off and lifting that pressure off your shoulders in terms of you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be on every social media channel. And she offers some great ideas and tips around getting started without it overwhelming you. So I think you're going to find this some great, useful information, actionable steps that you can start taking straight away when it comes to your real estate investing, content marketing, and social media activity. Here's the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are. Because marketing has how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Anna, thank you for joining, joining us today. And I understand you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is going to be a lot warmer this time of year than where I am right now, which is freezing. But welcome. And content marketing, social media, I know this is an area that is your kind of area of expertise. And I think for the, for the real estate investor listening, Probably let's kick off and take a step back for a minute. Why should a real estate investor even be thinking about content marketing and social media in the first place? Yes. We need to have multiple touch points of getting in contact with our target audience, right? So for real estate investors, we have to be really intentional about thinking, okay, who am I trying to reach? Who, who am I trying to add to my network? Who do I want to connect with? What can I provide to them that is of value? And sometimes it's email marketing. Sometimes it might be spending an obnoxious amount of time on LinkedIn, or it might be hanging out on Facebook. But we have to be really intentional because we can't be all things to all people. And the reality is our target audience isn't everybody, especially for real estate investors. It's probably a very specific person. And so identifying who that ideal customer avatar is or who that ideal connection is or who that ideal person we, again, want to add to our network is. And then studying and looking at the data for all of these different platforms and saying, hey, where do these people actually hang out? Because there's been this mad rush to things like TikTok and Instagram Reels, but maybe the reality is the people you're trying to connect with and grow and build and add to your network are not actually spending time on those platforms. And so we don't need to be hanging out there is how I like to say it. Like we want to hang out where that ideal person is hanging out. And that's the strategic way to think about it. I have so many people that I work with at Ugly Mug clients who they're like, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok. And I'm like, holy cow, are your people on all of those platforms? And it may be true that there's a blend of some of your people hanging out, but where are the majority of them? And for some, it might be that they're on Twitter 
and okay, let's go and hang out and spend time on Twitter and develop content that again is of value to that audience that they're actually going to want to read. I think that's step number one when we're thinking about content marketing. So when you're talking about looking at the data, what is it that you can find out, say, on my perception? And again, it might be totally wrong, is that a lot of real estate investors spend time on Facebook. But how would I even confirm that? Apart from obviously spending time looking through millions of profiles and assuming or checking off going, oh, yes, are there quicker ways for me to find out which platform the majority of people I'm trying to reach are hanging out? Yes, absolutely. So there is a website called Statista.com. And what Statista does is they go and they study across all of the platforms. You can pull reports, data reports for each one and say, hey, okay, I let's say I'm trying to target men between the ages of 35 and 45 who are interested in real estate development. And I, I, I don't know where they're spending the majority of their time. I think it's Facebook. So then you would go and download that Facebook report and it'll break down based on industry. It'll break down based on gender. There's tons of information in this report, but you really want to go to websites like that where they're gathering all of the data and you don't have to and do a lot of the research because a lot of those resources are available through Statista. And I'm sure there's other types of reports and websites out there that provide the same data. But Statista typically has this data available for free. And so I usually recommend initially when we're starting with a client, if they haven't already gone there themselves and looked at the reports and figured out, hey, these are the platforms we need to hang on. That is step number one for me when we begin working together is, okay, let's go look at the data. We've gone through some sort of exercise where we know who that ideal person we want to be targeting is. Now let's go find out where they're hanging out before we even start creating content. Because then you're just throwing, for lack of a better term, we always say this in our office, you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? You're not actually putting together a real plan. And so step number one, statista.com. If you've never been, guys, there's so much good stuff on there. Again, you can pull reports for LinkedIn, for Instagram, for Facebook, and see if your ideal customer avatar target audience is actually spending time there. Wow, that is a gem. If we stopped right now, <laughs> you've given a ton of value there straight away because I think the majority of people won't even know about it. So yeah, that's, it's that's so awesome. helpful. So yeah. helpful. <laughs> okay. So we've identified whichever channel it is. What's the next step? What do we then do about content? Because I think a lot of people sit there and think, oh, I haven't got anything interesting to say, or nobody's going to want to hear about real estate investing. How do you decide what kind of content and then how do you decide to make it interesting or how can you make it interesting? Yeah. So people get really overwhelmed or they, it's like either twofold, like they're overwhelmed because they're like, I don't even know what to post or they're overwhelmed and they're thinking there's so much I could be posting. <laughs> and so where, what, how do I pick and choose? The way that I like to look at things is I like to categorize. So I will say, okay, are there are there specific pieces of property or new projects that are coming along maybe that I, as the investor, am involved in that I could share about on a weekly basis? Are there best practices in the industry too, things that we should consider as investors, risks on all sides, things that we should be aware of when we're looking at investing in a certain project or being a part of something? I would be thinking about what are those different things that I, as the investor, think about on a day-to-day -day basis? And how can I create categories around that? And 
then I want to pick, okay, how many days of the week is it even feasible for me to create content? Because I think a lot of people get hung up. And especially when people come and work with us, they're like, oh, this person is posting 17 times a day. I don't know how they're doing all this on their own. They have to have other people on their team scheduling content. And they get really stressed about what other people are doing. But I think a really great place to start is, again, those categories, but then determining, okay, what's realistic for me? If I am one person and I am managing my brand's page and I'm doing it on my own, or maybe it's me and I have a marketing or admin person, how do I, how do I set a goal? Like for three months, my goal is to post twice a week. I'm going to post first thing Monday mornings and on Wednesday afternoons. Okay, cool. So now I need to pick two categories. So for the month, I need to have four Monday posts and four Wednesday posts. It just makes it feel a little less intimidating. And you're like, okay, I can do that. I can create eight pieces of content. And maybe one of my categories is current projects or things that I'm involved in or site visits or whatever it may be. And so then every Monday, I just need to have for just something around projects that I'm involved in. And two weeks in a row can be about the same project if I want it to be. Again, just taking a little bit of that pressure off because over time, you're going to get better and better, right? You're going to get better at being like, oh, I could create a post about that or, oh, here's another project I'm involved in or, oh, here's another really good article. Hello, we can share articles that are about real estate investment that other experts in the field or that the New York Times is sharing or whatever. and we can repurpose that content and say, hey, I read this article. Here's one part that I thought was really interesting. Click here to read along and let me know what you think in the comments below. It can be as easy as that. And that's very much my perspective, my perspective of it. Take the no, pressure I, I off. I love it. I love it because categories, you've goals. just lifted everything off people's shoulders because it, I think we all, I've seen the stats where it's, I think the average Facebook user is on Facebook 17 times a day or something crazy. Yes. So you, everybody thinks I've got to post 17 times a day because that's the case. Whereas it's yes. Not. Yes. And sometimes when you're creating this content to go on your page, you can also run that as an ad and that can take a little bit more of the pressure off too. If it's something that you notice gets a lot of comments or gets a lot of engagement, um, Let's invest $100 this month and run that as a traffic campaign, or let's run that as an engagement campaign to try and get more conversation going. But when you do that, it's really important that you're actually responding to those comments and engaging with them. Even if they're just saying, oh, I really liked that part too. Maybe you comment back and say, that's awesome. You would also really love this article. Like actually building that relationship with the people that are engaging with your content is really important. Mm. It's also true that when you first post, you might hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be so spoiler, discouraging. Spoiler <laughs> yes, it can feel really discouraging. It's okay, Hannah, I posted twice this week and I was in my content categories and I reached my goal of posting twice this week, but nobody responded. and that's okay. That's going to happen. We know that's going to happen, especially if your page is just getting started and you don't have a ton of followers. Um, 
but it's okay. Can I turn one of these into an ad to build a little bit of momentum then? Or did one of them get five likes and two people commented? That's great. Let's run that as an ad to again, build some more momentum behind it. Again, I'm all about just taking the pressure off of it and getting started because once you get comfortable with those two posts per week, maybe you're posting five times per week (laughs) in three to six months from now. It's all about just getting started, taking the overwhelm out of the equation and just doing what you can. And and how important is the advertising element of this? Because again, I think people are probably fearful that the algorithm is not showing their stuff anyway. So do they have to advertise? Is it almost a pay to play environment now with a lot of the social media? Yes, it really is. The algorithm, all of these experts and gurus who claim to know what the algorithm is doing, I'm like, (laughs) maybe they know a little bit of something that I don't know. (laughs) But I'm like, the algorithm is not really managed by anybody. The algorithm is developing on its own. It's learning. It's looking at what each individual person, Facebook knows how long you hover over an article. Even if you haven't clicked on it, liked it, commented on it, anything, they know how long you're just hovering over and looking at something. They know how, what percentage of videos that you watched, whether you're watching cat videos or cute baby videos or real estate investment videos, they know what you're watching. They know so much about us. And then they turn that power over to businesses or brands so that they can target those people who are interested in said topics. It is a pay to play. That's just the reality across all social media brands. You're not going to get the same amount of engagement, the same amount of website traffic or any or leads or anything unless you're paying to play. And so my strategy with that is scaling. Let's invest $100 and see how far this gets us. And let's not just say, hey, I'm going to throw 100 bucks at this and boost this post. Let's actually have a desired outcome for this. And that is especially true when it comes to lead generation, which is something that I'm very passionate about. I work with a lot of like home service businesses. I've worked with real estate, uh, real estate agents as well on growing a healthy email list and providing content. And we're getting those email subscribers from Facebook. And we're targeting people who are watching real estate videos, who do have interests, who are following real estate gurus or other business gurus. And being really intentional about not just saying, hey, subscribe to my email list, but when you subscribe to our email list, here's what you're going to get in your inbox on a weekly basis. Or here's a report that our team puts together and can provide to you. You're going to get our checklist for best practices or our checklist for looking out for risks, or you're going to get all of our top five articles that we've read this week around whatever related topic. And there's a tremendous amount of value that can be provided. And it also helps us take those followers and those people that are on Facebook and have another touch point with them, right? Because we can't have all of our eggs in one basket. We can't just rely on email marketing. We can't just rely on social media. We can't just rely on word of mouth. We have to show up in people's lives in other places and in other ways. It's okay if it's the same content. You could share 
a an article and a little blurb about why you thought that article was interesting. And you can send that out to your email list every single week. But you can also post that same exact blurb and link to that on your social channels as well. But to come back to your original question is how important is advertising? I feel that it's extremely important. And it can help you grow and scale your page and your business and your networks because of the just tremendous amount of data that is available within each platform, whether you're on LinkedIn, a meta <laughs> tool like Instagram or Facebook or on TikTok. Again, all of these platforms are watching what us as users are doing. And so all of that then becomes available to us as the advertiser to get in front of the right people. And am I right in thinking, I think I'd heard that boosting posts was almost like a donation button to Facebook because it doesn't really work anymore. Is that? Yeah, I am not a fan of the boost post button. There is now a boost post button on LinkedIn as well. My recommendation is always to find an expert who knows how to navigate ads manager, or if you have the time and capacity to learn how to navigate ads manager yourself, ads manager is specifically a meta product. And it enables you to be able to run ads on Facebook and on Instagram or just on one or the other. And there are far more campaign objectives that we can select within Ads Manager as opposed to the Boost Post button. When you click the Boost Post button, let's say you've posted a video of yourself talking about whatever topic. <laughs> and you want to make sure that this is reaching more than just maybe the 500 people that follow your page. And this is also why it's important not to go on a rabbit hole here, but on average, only 2.6% of people who like your page actually see your content. So that's really why it's important right. to pay to play. Um, but anyways, let's say you posted that on your page and now you want to run that as an ad. If you click the boost post button, it's probably only going to offer you two objectives. It's going to say you can run this for engagement, meaning we can get more likes, comments, and shares, or it's going to say we can run this for video views. So let's get more people to watch your video. But maybe that's actually not what we want people to do. Maybe we want people to watch the video, but then subscribe to our newsletter, or we want them to pick up the phone and call us, or we want them to go to our website and learn more about us. So what you can do with an ads manager is select from, I don't know, there's probably 15 different objectives now where we can say, hey, we want to run this ad for video views because, yes, we want people to watch the video, but we also want to run it for traffic because we're, we want to be able to add a button that says learn more and then takes people to our website. We want to have some other type of call to action on the ad itself. And you can track and see, okay, how many people is this reaching? How many impressions are there? But the really important metrics, I call all of those other ones vanity metrics. Those are things that you get from agencies typically in a report and they're like, oh, look how many impressions <laughs> we had. Look how many people we reached. And it's at the end of the day, if that's not your goal, if your goal is to grow your network or to increase sales or to grow your email list by X percent, those numbers don't matter, right? We want to know how many people came to the website and then we want to know how many people clicked 
on a free consultation or filled out a contact form or viewed a specific piece of property on that's listed on our website or whatever it may be. Uh, and so I just think when we have the ability to select those more intentional object objectives and make sure that those are in alignment with whatever our goals are, then there's a tremendous amount of value within Ads Manager, and it's way better than the Boost Post button because, yeah, it is like a donation. It's like, hey, Facebook, I don't really know what you're going to do with this or who you're going to send it to. And yeah, and that's the other thing, the targeting capabilities. You can have what's called a Facebook pixel installed on your website, and you can set this all up on the back end within Ads Manager, and it's going to track who's coming to your website to a certain extent because... Apple released this new feature where you can opt in or out or apps can or can't track you. So it is a little more limited than it used to be in the good old days. But um, that's still something that is available and that can be valuable to you. And if you use the lead generation objective within Facebook, you can say, hey, I just want to run an ad to the people who filled out my lead generation form because those are people who want to connect with me, that have joined my email list. Or you can create what are called lookalike audiences. So you can say, hey, I posted this video last month and it got 10,000 views. Hey, Facebook, go and find me more people that look like those 10,000 people that watched my video. So there's just so much that you can dive into as far as targeting and getting in front of more of those right people. And way more possible to do that in Ads Manager than clicking that boost post button. Right. That's great insights. And you mentioned video. Yeah. How important is it? For, I think I know what the answer is going to be, but how important is it that you do use video as part of your content creation? I think it's incredibly important. And especially if your brand is about you and you are the face of your brand, actually being in front of the camera is so important. Um, I've been helping out a friend with her social media. She does a she has a balloon and party planning business. That's her side hustle. And we were talking about, okay, you're the face of the brand, right? Like people have to like you. There's a million and one other party planners, just like there's a million and one other real estate investors. There's a million and one other real estate agents. And, and it's so important that they like you and that they know who you are. And so if you can get in front of the camera and show your face, they're is people like to see faces. There's a ton of data on just doing a tour of property <laughs> or a tour of something and just having your voice in the background versus actually having a human being in the front and having someone else film it for you, like how much better the one with the face actually performs. Oh, Same is true. You can find, find information on advertisements themselves, just still images ones that have a person versus just have like a weird stock image. What actually gets people to stop and click and pay attention? But with that being said, with video, tricky because you have to know your audience well enough. Do they have time to watch a one to two minute video or do they have time to watch like a 15 minute video? What is the content that I'm providing to them? Do I give them just like a snippet, like a 30 second clip and then invite them to go to YouTube? and watch the longer form video, like we have to test and play around with that a little bit because every audience is so different. Like people who are out here saying, okay, two minute videos are the way to go. Not a second over. That's what's working right now. It's okay. But 
that's very general and across the board. Like maybe my audience, like they're really looking for educational content. And so a 15 minute video is nothing to them as long as I can keep them engaged and providing a tremendous amount of value to them. And writing thinking has to, you have to do this through a Facebook page versus a personal profile, correct? Yes. So So somebody, even if they're an individual real estate investor, if they're going to want to leverage Facebook to the full extent that you've outlined and explained, they're going to have to set up a separate page, which could also be their name. Yes. Yes. So it can be set up as a personality or as a brand page. And I was working with one of our clients was a traveling public speaker and humorist. And she was having trouble because she had always just shared things from her personal page. And she was like, okay, now I need to advertise. And I was like, we got to get all those people that you have befriended over the years and get them liking a actual business page so that we can take advantage of all of these targeting features and actually run ads. Because you're correct. You cannot run ads from a personal page. It has to be set up as a business or personality or brand page. And so we were able to successfully do that for her. And we also helped her grow her email list immensely. And because that is something that she's always had success with selling her books, with selling tickets. And she always sends out a funny story every week. I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. Like these are just real life things that happen to her. (laughs) But, and it's just get some fun mail delivered to your inbox. Here's what you're going to get when you subscribe. And so you have to make sure that the page is created in such a way that you can take advantage of those features. And and are there any things to watch out for in terms of your content not resonating with people, Mm. what you could do to fix that? Yeah. So a lot of people that I work with, when they come to us, they're so focused on the sales side of things may or may not apply to all of those who are listening to this podcast. They're like, hey, buy my stuff. Hey, look at me. Hey, this is why you should connect with me. They forget about the educational content. They forget about the behind the scenes stuff that people like to feel that like they're a part of, like they're getting an inside look at your life. And especially if you are the brand yourself, people eat that up. They want to know what a day in the life of your life looks like. They want to know what you do when you go home or what your routine is, or they want to know your story and how you got to where you are. And people are just not doing enough storytelling sometimes on their pages. They're just doing a lot of, hey, connect with me. Hey, buy my stuff. Hey, subscribe to my newsletter list. Like all of this, like trying to get the the target audience to do all of the work. The way too transactional transactional minded versus emotional connection. Yes, yes. Instead of trying to build that relationship. Because what's true and what we talk about with our clients a lot is we're constantly trying to move people through a natural progression. We're trying to convert strangers into friends, whether that's a Facebook friend or a connection on LinkedIn or actually building a relationship with someone. And then we're trying to move them into a client or into a customer. And ultimately, we're trying to, from there, the relationship doesn't end. And that's where a lot of mistakes get made. It's, okay, I've converted them into a customer. I've converted them into an email subscriber. They've taken the action that I want wanted them to take, and now the relationship is over. No, there's actually one more step. And we call that an evangelist. So after they've become a client or a customer of ours, 
how do we move them to be an evangelist? Someone who is going to rant and rave about us and our product or our service or our brand to their friends and family and speak so highly of us. That's how a lot of our best clients come to us from at Ugly Mug is from those referrals. Like we have tons of evangelists for Ugly Mug Marketing, people that we're currently worked with, working with or people that we built websites for five years ago and they're still referring people to us to this day. And you can nurture that relationship and it can start on social, but it might get built and developed by actually sitting down and taking someone out for coffee or they come to an in-person event or they get an email from you. There's all kinds of other ways, again, to not just have your eggs all in one basket, whether it's email, social, and to keep people moving through that natural progression until they're an evangelist. And that is the lowest cost of yes. customer acquisition. If yes. somebody's referred yes. you, then boom. Yes, it cuts out the, if you're thinking about stranger, if you're thinking about it going in a circle, it completely cuts out that stranger step. You don't have to do all of that work because it could take a long time to move someone from a stranger to a friend. But if my friend tells me about a new restaurant or tells me I need to connect with somebody or when my husband and I have referred our realtor that we used when we moved to Raleigh so many times, we've I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, can I start getting a cut? But I'm like, we love him. He's great. Fulton, he gets the job done. He came through on everything he said he was going to do. We had a warranty on our home and the people were trying to say that they weren't going to come and honor that and fix whatever had been broken after a year. And uh, no, he called them. He was like, absolutely not. You guys are coming. We're coming on this date. Like he got it done for us. And those were things that he didn't have to do. He didn't have to go above and beyond and try and get in contact with the developer and go jump through all these hoops for us. But because he did that, we are like singing his praises all across Raleigh for all of our friends who are moving to the triangle. We're like, yes, you got to use Fulton. He's the best. He's a clown. He's a goofball. And I would say that to his face, but he gets the job done. (laughs) And so our friends immediately then trust him, right? They're like, We trust Hannah and Wes, and therefore we trust Fulton. And you cannot, there's no amount of money that you can pay for that. (laughs) And is there kind of a one kind of piece of advice that you say, absolutely, you have either have to do this or you should not ever do this? Is there something you would say, if you're thinking about content or you're thinking about social media, must do's or must do not's? I would come back to where we started our conversation of don't try to be on every single platform. It's not a good strategy. It's not sustainable. It may not even be feasible for you as someone who's doing this all on your own or for a smaller team. I would say do the research of finding out who exactly you're trying to reach and finding out where they spend their time using tools like Statista. and then go from there. Build your plan of action from that. Don't, again, don't try to be all things to all people showing up on all platforms. It's just not worth the time and energy and it's going to stress you out. You're not going to be able to do it all, especially if you're doing this all on your own right now. So do the research and show up on the platforms where your people are showing up. Great advice. So I have some questions I like to ask guests before we let people know how they can find out more about you. Yeah. Um, Favorite personal brand? Who inspires you or a personal brand that you enjoy following? Yes. So Jenna Kutcher is a marketing guru slash now author. 
She is someone that I have been following for quite some time now. She, I grew up in Michigan. She is also a fellow Midwestern person who can relate to all the troubles of living in the cold and dealing with the snow, right? I absolutely love following her and her brand. She's so relatable and shares a lot of that behind the scenes of her personal life and the balance between being a mom and being a wife and being a daughter and doing family trips while also working and developing a course and writing a book. I just, I love following her. I think she is so inspirational yet provides really great educational information through her podcast and through her website as well. Mm. So she is definitely someone that I admire. I'm going to have to go check her out. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have a business book or podcast that you recommend? Yes. So podcast wise, I love Amy Porterfield's podcast, which I'm actually kind of blanking on the name right now. <laughs> But Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher are actually very good friends. Amy Porterfield's whole shtick is all about course creation and leaving your daytime job to be a course creator. And I just think her podcast gives some really good, just like bite-sized information when it comes to email marketing or when it comes to best practices on social. She is just an expert in and of herself. <laughs> so that's a podcast that I really love to listen to. And then a book that I love is a Know What You're For by Jeff Henderson. So Jeff Henderson actually started his career as a... No, that was like later on in his career. He worked for the Atlanta Braves in marketing. He worked for Chick-fil-A in marketing. Then he became a pastor at a big church just outside of Atlanta. And his whole, this whole book of Know What You're For is all about being for your customers. But he also does like, how do you show up and let your team and your employees know that you're for them? And he has some phenomenal examples and principles that I think every business and organization, whether in the nonprofit world or for-profit world, should be following. And that's a book that I I think I read that book like three years ago now, and I'm still telling people about it. <laughs> so it. Know What You're For by Jeff Henderson. <laughs> okay, I'm going to check that one out. And I agree with you, Amy Porterfield. The thing I've noticed with her podcast, and I can't remember the name either, but if you just yeah. search Amy Porterfield, you'll find it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> is every time she talks about a particular topic on an episode, there's always a download related to that episode. At least that's what I've noticed. 90% yes. of the time, which is very, very good. That yes. Making that marketing connection without it being, never strikes me as I'm trying to grab your email address. It's I'm providing value in the podcast and here's something you can use straight away. She does a really good job of that. Yes. It's here's an additional, here's how I'm helping you take action. Right. Like bait. Don't yes. just listen to this and do nothing. <laughs> Because right. knowing and not doing and not knowing are the exact same thing. So how can I help you actually go and put this into practice in your business or organization? Now, you've mentioned this great resource, Statista, but do you have any pieces of technology or something you're really enjoying using at the moment? Yes, Zapier. <laughs> Guys, if you're not using Zapier automations... <laughs> we need to, you need to get on there. Okay. Zapier is a really wonderful tool that we use for a lot of our clients and we use for ourselves at Ugly Mug Marketing. And it helps you just connect one thing to the other thing with, it takes out the busy work. So 
For example, with our clients that run lead generation campaigns on Facebook, what you would have to do typically is go log into Facebook, download your leads, upload them into your CRM or upload them into your MailChimp account or your email marketing tool. And that's just time consuming. And not to mention, you could get duplicates because maybe you downloaded those leads. They were included in your batch yesterday and you accidentally overlapped. So what Zapier does is it says, hey, log into your Facebook account through our website. Tell us what lead form you're using and then do the same thing. Log into your MailChimp account or to your Entreport account or whatever CRM, Salesforce, um, and tell us where you want us to drop these leads in and we will do it for you. So as people are filling out the lead form, they're getting added into our MailChimp account, but then it's also automating an email to go out to people so that they're notified, hey, we've got your email. Hey, here's this free offer or hey, go and listen to this podcast or hey, some sort of call to action. People are impatient, right? We want things now like Amazon exists, two-day shipping, and it's almost not even fast enough. I think we have same-day shipping for some things on Amazon and Raleigh. And so being able to create like an effective customer journey is really what I've found as the most helpful feature of Zapier. Like not only does it take the busy work out for me, but on the customer side and the person who's filling out that form, it makes things happen a lot quicker rather than waiting for me you're, to download. So right. I, if I sign up for something and I don't get the confirmation email in the first 30 seconds, I think, oh, it didn't work. You know, yeah. Me. Oh, I need to do it again. Or, oh, okay, forget them. I'll find somebody else. <laughs> I just had that with a client on the, on their website, somebody obviously filled in a form and thought it hadn't gone through. And we got eight copies of it. Like they just resend because yes, they didn't get yes. that immediate confirmation at the other end. Yeah, that's a good point. And do you have a favorite quote that inspires you or motivates you? Yes. Years ago, I think I was just in a season of transition and just had just things happening in life. Sometimes you just go through hard seasons. And I heard this quote, and I just think it's been really true for me, and I love to share it with people, but it's not all things are good, but all things work together for good. And so even if something, it feels like earth shattering to you in your life right now, like you're going to, there, there's going to be fruitfulness that comes from that later on, right? Like you, that. you're going to be wiser because of that experience. You're going to be able to have empathy with someone later on in life because you've gone through that. And yeah, I just love that. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. I like it. Love it. So how can people find out more about you, Hannah? How can they get in touch with you and Ugly Marketing? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Hannah Acosta. Would love to connect with anyone there. But if you want to find out more about Ugly Mug Marketing, you can find us on LinkedIn at Ugly Mug Marketing. Same exact thing on Instagram at Ugly Mug Marketing. And then you can find us on Facebook as well. Or visit our website, uglymugmarketing.com. Fill out our contact form. Anyone on our team would be happy to connect with you. If you want to chat about marketing, if you want to talk about SEO, if you want to talk about social or talk about websites, we have got someone on our team to be knowledgeable experts in any of those areas. Wonderful. We'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And uh, thank you for the insights today, Hannah, and have yourself a brandtastic day. Thank you. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.